0: Everyone,
1: welcome back to another episode of Bet on Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is presented by who else? BetOnline.ag because they remain the number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. Don't forget about the MLB playoffs too, as well, because BetOnline features live in-game betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. You can head to BetOnline right now and join. You will receive, get this, a 100% welcome bonus. That's right. We've upped the ante to a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit only. When you use promo code believe BLEAV to receive that reward better line where the game starts Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod uh, As we taping this right now, the New York Yankees are moving on to the ALCS championship series Playoff baseball is in wild swing right now The Chicago Bears suck. The Chicago Bulls are about to tip off their season So what better time than to do a little off-season Chicago Cubs primer with one of my Cubs consigliere It's Sean Graves. What's up, Sean? Welcome to the pod
0: Thank you so much for having me once again, my friend. I'm just sitting here watching some uh, Phillies Padres NLCS, because we all have that, right? The, the two wildcard teams, and I'm sitting here just thinking to myself, what could have been if only our favorite baseball team had spent a little money, right?
1: It's interesting, the players that are involved currently still. We've got, well, I don't oh. know, a guy named Anthony Rizzo, a guy named Kyle Schwarber, players like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, all vying for possibly going to the Dick big. Castellanos, dance.
0: you Darvish
1: <laughs> littered with guys of could have been should have been and worse uh, of the Chicago Cubs. And look, man, I, I'm happy to be on this pod with you. I'm glad to see that we survived the season. We did. Um, you know, I predicted 65 wins for the Chicago Cubs team and real quick, Sean, to be very fair, they played pretty good baseball towards the end of the year when nothing mattered. Right. Yes. Um, and they were able to get over 70 wins and I'm not sure if we want to see the arrows pointing up, but this is a huge offseason coming up for the Chicago Cubs. And we are going to dive into it in this episode. We're going to talk about players that we are already on the current roster that we think can possibly be pieces. I don't know about cornerstones, but pieces moving forward for the team next year. And we're going to pick our favorite free agents that the bear, that the Cubs should go out there and at least entertain. Signing with that big fat checkbook that Tom Ricketts has. But, Sean, let's start with one of the big ones here because it's in the news right now. It's a salacious story because it involves both sides of town. There are rumors from Bruce Levine all the way to maybe a David Kaplan saying that Jose Abreu and the Chicago Cubs... Could there be a fit in the offseason? What would that do for the South side North side rivalry? Uh, what's your first blush thought about that? Would you like that move for the Cubs and, and how, how serious do you think this could possibly be this marriage between the Chicago Cubs and Jose Abreu?
0: I, I mean, I think it's definitely one where there's smoke, there's fire, because you've got your own, you've got your manager coming out saying, for me, I have a huge hole at first base, right? So that's your manager putting it out there that, Hey, Hey Jed, if you're listening, bud, we need a first baseman. And then probably also saying that maybe Matt Mervis potentially needs some more time. So I think there's definitely smoke with needing a first baseman. Abreu is probably going to be the first one out there, the best one out there. I I I like it like most guys at his age under the right number, I think. I mean, he still hit 306 this year. His power numbers were down, though. He only hit 15 home runs. So if, if you're looking at first base being a power spot, I, I would maybe question that and, and see if you think he's going to rebound back to at least, I don't know, 22, 25 home runs. But if you offered Jose Abreu, I don't know, two years at 30, mm. I'm okay with that.
1: And guess what, John? I think he would say yes to that. I really do. Right? At 30- and, and, then, and then Cubs fans can start prepping the Jose Abreu at Wrigley Field career splits uh, because I'll tell you what right now, they're pretty delicious. They're pretty juicy. And and Sean, I'll tell you, I as a as a guy who loves both the White Sox and the Cubs, how can I not be on board for this? Yeah. Um. I, I I'm still kind of honestly, as a White Sox fan, I'm a little concerned that we're just saying, we literally have to say goodbye to Jose Abreu because Andrew Vaughn is so good. I mean, I like Andrew Vaughn. Don't get me wrong. Right. He's not Jose Abreu. He's not Jose Abreu. Will he ever hit? You know 30 home runs well you know it's a wait and see he had 16 this year i think he had 79 runs batted in pretty much the same numbers that jose abreu put up and look i think this is a fantastic move for the chicago cubs if they can pull it off Yeah. at that number uh with those years because i think and we're going to get to the pitching a little bit later i don't think we're going to see the cubs outside of maybe one player and we will pick that one player probably go over four years with in this coming off season which i think is fine but Jose Abreu, I'm with you on the power numbers, but here's the thing. If Jose Abreu, if we get him at $15 million, yeah, and we can sign a big bat, a shortstop, whatever, Aaron Judge, whatever you want to call it, if we can pair Jose Abreu with a big-name player – all of a sudden, Sean, that lineup starts to look vastly different. And Jose Abreu starts to look like a bargain because again, the only reason why he's going to make 15 million years because he's 36, right? Yeah. If a guy was hitting 306 and drove in 80 runs and was 25 years old, he'd be making 20 to $25 million. Yeah. I'm still kind of seeing it as a bargain. I think it's a, I think it's a great move and I think it's definitely worth something the Cubs should entertain.
0: I mean, 100% it, it, on top of All of that as well, you know, kind of like the White Sox just being like, oh, well, I mean, that's a huge veteran coming from their locker room, coming to the Cubs locker room, which the Cubs need more of that going forward these next couple years as well. But yeah, look, I am all on board for putting anyone who can hit 300 in the middle of this Cubs lineup. I'm tired of watching... Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel, guys that are going to hit two oh five, and then once every five games hit a home run, bat three, four, five in this lineup. If you can have something where you're looking at like a Ian Happ at two, and then maybe like an uh, that big shortstop at a three with an Abreu and Suzuki as a four five, we're cooking with gas now.
1: All right? of a sudden, we're cooking Very, with pretty, gas now. pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I'm in yeah. agreement with you on that, and I think, and and we're going to keep touching upon this throughout the podcast is. You know, I think the Cubs are have to be a little careful in terms of how they spend their dollars on the pitching side this offseason because I think that there is a lot of young pitching yeah. that kind of deserves a shot. I want yeah. the Cubs to compete next year and I think all Cubs fans need to expect that. This whole let's let all the kids play for one more year and go for it in 2024. I'm not buying that. I need to get us I need to see this Cubs team start to hit that 84, 85, 86 win floor and I think you can do that with young pitching growing, coming up, maturing, okay. but you need some professionals in this offensive lineup. And I think Jose Abreu, he ticks a lot of boxes, man. Yeah. He plays every day. He can still do, uh, you know, he can still do DH. If you want to give Matt Mervis a run a little bit, it's a great way to ease a guy in like Matt Mervis, yeah. a minor league player who's had a huge, amazing season in the minor leagues, but dude, we have no idea. He's as sure, sure of a thing as Frank Schwindel is right now. Yeah. And at the price point, I mean, you know, and here's the other one real quick. I love the guy. I wish we had signed him, but if Anthony Rizzo opts out and Anthony Rizzo and Jose Abreu have a two-year deal with $30 million on the table, which one would you rather sign to that deal? I probably would rather sign Jose Abreu. It's tough, though.
0: It's that, that that we could do a whole pod on that Rizzo versus Abreu, Because like, you 'cause you're you're talking at heartstrings. We're talking lefty power versus righty two, power. Two statues,
1: oh. two future statues two. in the city of Chicago.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, w- one other thing I'll say too, like, you know, our, our, our we're missing our brother from another mother, Mr. Don Fortini, tonight. And I know I don't think he was big in favor of the DA to the National League, but this right here is why I love it. You could get someone like a Jose Abreu, who's your first baseman who played 157 games this year, but because we have the DH now, let's say the Matt Mervis kid is real. Let's say he's real, and he rips it up again the first three months in, in minor league ball at AAA, and the guy's hitting 330, popping bombs. You, He's not blocked. You can bring him up, put a Brayu at DH, and then that lineup gets even thicker, as our old ball Joe Madden used to like to say. So that's why I'm even more on, on board with that. I'd be a little hesitant if there was no DH, but with the DH, I think it could be a great move. Yeah,
1: and the Cubs really need to start utilizing that. I think some NL NL teams take this philosophy of, oh, it's this wild card spot in the lineup that we can rotate six guys in and out of. I'm in disagreement. If you watch enough American League baseball, you don't need necessarily a Jim Tomey, but you need two guys to fill that DH role. You can't be packing five or six in there. It gets cluttered. It gets clumped up. And obviously the White Sox, if all the teams learn they have five DHs on their team, You know, that, that part doesn't really work either as well. You know, in Jose Abreu, he's a guy also that makes a little bit of a statement that the Cubs want to be serious again. You know what I mean? I I don't think, I think they'd have to convince Jose Abreu, not just, you know, to stay home, not just, we're going to pay you this amount of money, but yeah, you know, are you serious? And, and, and if you start playing a season where you're going to lose 90 games in a year, are you going to trade me? Cause they're probably yeah. going to put a no trade in there at least for the first year. And we'll see what happens in the second year, but he's going to want assurances on that. So speaking of that, let's transition over to this Cubs team right now, Sean, I'm going to guess you've probably watched more games than me this season because at times it was so painful that I had to kind of shield my eyes and just walk away from this team a little bit, but you couldn't help but kind of see some shining moments here and there. Yeah. So in your opinion right now, let's just stick it with, let's stick it with eight, eight and a half let's do eight and a half over under eight and a half guys in the Chicago Cubs right now that you think not only deserve a roster spot next year, but can actually be a piece towards a semi contending team in 2023.
0: I'm assuming we're including the pitching staff in that eight and a half, right? Is not right. Okay. Correct. I, I gotta say it's close.
1: It's right there. Right.
0: I mean, if, if, if I break it down, if I go position, I say Hat. I say Suzuki. I say Nico. I, I, I. Christopher morell morell I think. I think. I think. What morell did this year, he earned. He's earned a chance. So I will say four there.
1: He'll be on the team. He'll be on the team. He'll get at bats and he'll get at least two hundred yeah. to three hundred bats to see if last, yeah. this year and was assuming, a fluke
0: Assuming around. Contreras is gone, so that's four pitching staff wise. This is where you probably push it to right around nine or ten because you're going to have steel – Keegan Thompson, Strowman, Kyle Hendricks. So that's eight right there, right?
1: And Wisniewski, so that's 10.
0: So, yeah, but we're right there. We're right there on a team that's going to end up being, you know, 26 guys deep. We're not even halfway to where we need to be yet. But but those are the guys I would think as of today.
1: Yeah, and uh, and to be honest with you, I think that that is a a positive sign for the Chicago Cubs because I think if we did this podcast two or three months ago and we said how many guys on this team right now are actually going to – be on the roster and actually be pieces that could help a semi contending team. I would probably have that over, under at maybe six Oh a half. Oh, and yeah. we'd be, we'd be having a hard time trying to get there in my personal opinion. Yeah. But again, I think it speaks a little bit to this pitching that we're seeing right now. Some of the bullpen guys, I don't want to get ahead of my skis on a little bit, and yeah. I don't want to get ahead of my skis on Cody Hoyer and say, you know what? He's, he's our piece next year, right? Because bullpens are different every single year. You never know, you know, is Albert Ausley going to be a piece next year? I don't think that's part of this exercise, but I think I'm getting at, and you agree that, you know, was maybe Caleb Killian too. We didn't mention him, Justin Steele and some sort of role for Keegan Thompson. Yeah. I think that is a start of, I don't know about a prominent Cubs core pitching wise, but it's a, it's some pieces that you can play with a little bit. and And I think that's really kind of pointing in the right direction for the Cubs right now. And I don't know if I've ever seen that. Have we ever talked about like pitching as the Cubs strength since not, what the wood prior not, days, maybe not. Yeah. Not,
0: I mean, definitely not under like the Epstein Hoyer now, now Hoyer regime. It's never been a thing, you know, and now I guess Hoyer Carter Hawkins have kind of pushed that and don't forget. We've got uh, what Jordan, Jordan Wicks, the lefty. Yeah. He's the Cubs number five prospect. He's his time frame at some point next year, we had the, what we had the Javier Assad kid pitched pretty well this year. I don't know if he's a piece, but he's a guy that came up and did a good job. Yeah, right. Samson.
1: Samson will maybe get some run in spring training. You know, a lot of these guys, I think, you know, are going to be these, you know, one way or the other guys. Yeah. But you know, specifically, I think Wisniewski, Steele, and Caleb Killian should definitely yeah. be vying for rotation spots next year.
0: Hundred percent. hundred. I, I'm at this point with anything. If we have a young guy like wasn't it, let's let's take Hayden Wisniewski for sure. That guy, he looked like he belonged on a big league mound. The guy didn't look frustrated. He had energy. He threw strikes. He's pumping 95, 96. Like, when have we seen that out of any Cubs young pitcher for more than a strike I and mean, for more than a start or two, like you said, in the last 10 years? I am super stoked about him, especially considering we got him for Scott Efros. Like, <laughs> talk, about, talk about winning a, tr- you know, is he is he our Jake Arrieta trait, right, for this next great Cubs team?
1: Well, that's a great question. I mean, you know, he reminds me of, the delivery's got a little Scherzer in there and the attitude and the way he carries himself that you were just describing. It reminds me a lot of a Carlos Zambrano.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if the personality traits are the exact same, but I think the way that they just carry themselves in the mound, yeah. we haven't seen that kind of swagger. Um, in quite some time. I mean, I think we tried to buy swagger with guys like John Lackey or anything like that, but this yeah. is a young arm that now, and here's the thing here, here's the key, right? And we've talked about this young controllable pitching. We've talked about this for two years now, Sean, mm-hmm. that spend your money on cost certainty offense Yes, and maybe start trying to grow this young pitching because they tried to do it in reverse. Yep. And you get a Brandon Marl, you get a Tyler Chatwood every once in a while. It's it's a little bumpy. It doesn't work out. Marcus Stroman. Still, we don't know. Yeah. He's pitched well at times, but you know, we don't know if that's actually going to be money well spent. We don't know nah. that yet. But the Cubs are training in, a, in an interesting direction pitching wise, which I think lends yourself to saying that, man, they got to spend some money this offseason on some serious on some serious real deal players. And And, and Sean, if it isn't I I just don't buy this argument that if it isn't now, it's never, or whatever you can still do something this year and you can still do something next year. It does not mean you need to do do it on all in one year. Why do Cubs fans do not make this distinction? We can spend now we can spend later too. We can spend every year.
0: Well, yeah. And especially if, you know, if we as fans, but also we're getting this message from the front office, if we believe that this second half was real, that the pitching was real, that these young guys coming up throwing are real, then we have to support them now right to me i equate it to what the bears are not doing with justin fields right you know you you have this young piece you say it's important he, de- he develops and then you put nothing around them this young cubs pitching they came they came up justin still did his job Wasneski did his job now it's time to support them with some offense with some real major league players behind them and like you said it doesn't have to be all at once going into 2023 but we have to start that now so these guys can come out here and not feel like, Oh God, I have to be perfect every star. Cause if I give up two runs, the team's losing.
1: Well, and that's what Caleb Killian went through. I felt like a little bit, he came out a little tight in the beginning. And yeah, it, this is a philosophical thing that I always push out against. When people are saying, you know, we need to rebuild with the kids, with the Chicago Cubs is I'm in complete agreement with you. Do you want Justin Steele maturing in the fifth or sixth inning, protecting a lead, or as you said, trying not to make a mistake because yeah. the Cubs can't score runs and we are down two to one in a ball game. What do yeah. you think gives you more maturity? I personally think it's protecting the lead. In my opinion, oh. shutting down an opponent when you have a lead and you're six innings deep and you want a quality start and end it on a high note, you do it like that. The same thing goes for the offense too, as well. You want to get name, any kid, get this kid some at bats. Yep. You want this kid to have at bats with two outs and nobody on, in the fourth inning or do you want this kid to get at bats with you know one out or two outs with Trey Turner at second base the answer for me is easy I want him in those moments delivering and trying to execute and driving in runs yes I mean that's where you have to supplement your youth movement with actual paid veterans that can help you win games I mean this is something that we could have done this year yes we decided not to do it okay what did we learn? All right, we learned that our pitching was good. Could we have learned that with Kyle Schwarber in left field? I think we could have, Sean. Yeah, I definitely think 100%. we could.
0: Have. Well, I mean, and let's take it back to what we did in the last rebuild under under Hoyer and Epstein, right? Like the first year or two sucked, but then we started bringing in guys like Anthony Rizzo, right? We started bringing in competitive guys. So by the time that the, the kids at the Baez's and the Russell's and stuff, by the time they were ready to come up and make a real difference in 14 and 15, you had some established major league veterans. You had guys there they could grab hold and we took off. This team has to have that too. You have to have some legitimate, solid veteran, successful players around these kids when they come up. So A, they can be taught the right way. B, they're not just constantly getting their head kicked in and just losing nonstop. Like, I want, I want guys to believe they can win. I don't want it in the back of their head being like, yeah, I want to do well, but it doesn't really matter. The team sucks, you know?
1: No, I'm agreeing with you. And when you think about guys like Pete Crow Armstrong, Brennan Davis, Kevin Alcantaro, name any offensive player right now in the Cubs pipeline, guess what? The chances of any of them making a significant impact next year are probably pretty slim, but wouldn't yeah. it be it be nice to kind of bring them into a situation where – you know, maybe what if the Cubs are chasing a wild card instead yeah. of us getting Jack to see Pete Armstrong's yeah. MLB debut, there's a different version of pressure that comes along with that. Yeah. And sometimes when a young kid can help a team win some games that can also kind of help his confidence in ways that go beyond the batter's box. So let's talk about it, Sean. We're going to go with the pitching side first, because I think this is the shorter conversation that we're going to talk about the offensive players that we want the Chicago Cubs to target in the winter. Um, well, let's start with pitching first. Okay. We've got the young pitching. I think we're both in agreement that Hendricks and Stroman right now are, you know, pencil them into the rotation. So that's yeah. two out of the five. Yeah. I think we could also probably agree, right, that Justin Steele yeah. has earned the right to have a starting rotation spot yeah, next 100%. year. That's three out of five. So you got two spots to go. One of those spots could be filled by Wisniewski, Achillian, Keegan Thompson. Uh, pick your poison, whatever you want. And then there's probably another spot there that maybe the cubs need to think about trying to go go out and maybe get somebody and shore somebody up. I'm probably on board with you're not going to give it to Juan Walker four or five years or no. 90 100 million dollars, right? No, yeah. The Carlos Rodan thing is interesting to me. I want you to weigh in on that, but I want you to also talk about there's some guys, there's some short-term guys here. You know, they've already talked about would they bring back Drew Smiley, Wade Miley? Would you do a Sunny Gray on a one-year deal? but let's start with this the guy that the chicago cubs i think should go after and i like this one a whole lot it will not cost a ton of money it's a one-year deal if it's great it's great if it's not who cares chris sale wow how much do you think chris sale would cost you know it's a one-year deal he's not getting multi from anybody
0: yeah
1: what if he's really really good sean what if he resets his market with the chicago cubs and you know what if he's not good Whatever, I'd rather spend that money on a guy like Chris Sale than maybe a guy like a Wade Miley.
0: Well, uh, so I'll say 100%. Wade Miley, appreciate you. Enjoy, enjoy whatever may be next for you. Appreciate. <laughs> Go
1: back you. to the Reds. Go back to the Reds.
0: You know, it, so I, when I when I look at the rotation, I agree with you and everything you said about the, the guys that will already be there. You know, the 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 Steals, the Hendricks, the Strowmans. And then I look, what's next, right? Like, what, what, what is this rotation missing? Like, it's missing power arms, because that's not Hendricks, that's not necessarily Steele, that's not Stroman. These are all guys that are sitting, you know, 89 to 92 that needs power arm. Like Carlos Rodon, to me is very interesting, because he's a power arm from the left side. It, it, I was reading some info today, trying to get a feel for what his people are projecting his contract. You know, I saw a few things being like he's going to want six. Teams are going to want to say four. Maybe five is where it's at. I don't know if I have it in me to give Carlos Rodon. I know the guy's coming off two all-star years, but five years, $100 for him, I'm not sure. Three to four would probably be it for me on him, and I think he'd be my first phone call because he is that power arm for the left. Chris Sell on a flyer, why not? Especially considering that we just reeled off this whole list of names that the cubs have for depth that if chris sell doesn't work out you have a key to try somebody
1: yeah had, try someone else
0: yeah, and, yeah, and by man. then if chris sell doesn't work out maybe another guy at triple a maybe a jordan wicks from the left side is ready to step into that spot so i'm okay on a one year on chris sell for sure
1: i just i he's sitting out there i don't know what his market's going to be like you know the part yeah. of me thinks that you know some team in texas is going to try and court him yeah. that just seems kind of obvious right but i just don't I I, I want the Cubs to compete, but again, the big money for the Verlander, DeGrom doesn't make sense because we're not competing right now. That's definitely not going to happen. You can talk me into Rodon, and you can even talk me into a Charlie Morton on a one-year deal. I just think, honestly, what does he give you, Cubs fans? He gives you quality outings every fifth day. So the bumps in the road of a Justin Steele or a casual IL stint from Hendricks, or if you do give Wes some run, Charlie Morton will go out and you give you five, six innings two to three runs we'll strike out seven to eight guys and at least we'll keep the 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 cycle keep the engine turning on that one but chris sale man i'm just i don't think he saw young chris sale anymore
0: no i don't but think I, so either. but i
1: i think i think it can be mutually beneficial for both sides i think you can make it incentive laden i think he can rebuild his market in chicago I think Chicago Cubs fans would embrace a guy like Chris Sale, who's got a little bit of an attitude. You know, he might not have the power arm, but he's got the power personality. And then finally, yeah. if he's pitching great and we're not doing great, you flip him, and he gets to go somewhere and compete for you know the playoffs and the postseason, and he gets to rebuild his market like that. It just kind of feels like a win-win to me, and I hope that the Cubs would explore something creative like that.
0: Well, and you and you you said something that I was thinking too. Spot on. Chris Sell, especially when he's going right, that kid has a swag to him. Like, he would bring something to that pitching room that you're not going to get from Strowman or Hendricks or any of these guys, and all of a sudden, you've got a Justin Steele and a Wisniewski and the other young guys looking up to this dude that doesn't take any shit. He's going to go yep. out there and pitch, and you're going to know when he does one. Well. I, can, I can see that jolt of energy being needed and appreciating that pitching room.
1: Let's go to the offensive side. Let's hit this one really quick. Do you think Aaron Judge is kind of – just done so well that the Yankee. I mean, is he talked himself out of a, a, a true market and free agency, and he's just going to be a Yankee? I mean, does he I mean, really you know, go anywhere else?
0: I mean, you know, there was that report this week that, that said the Yankees view what the Cubs, Giants, and was it Mets, as their biggest competition for Aaron Judge? I but Andre's
1: I through in there, yeah, but yeah, I
0: think ultimately, yes, he does end up back a Yankee, and and I think you know again. B if you're the Cubs what are what are the numbers going to look is anyone going to pay him more than the Yankees like is he want a 10 year contract I'm not I don't I'm not giving that as a cut. if I'm a cub would would you give Aaron Judge I don't know 5 at at 240 250 where he's making 40 50 but it's a 5 year deal I don't even I don't like I I don't yeah. you know so to me those numbers don't to me it, it I just I just have Albert Pujols to the Angels just goes, warning, warning, warning. Because also, do we think that Aaron Judge is going to replicate what he did this year? Is he going to hit well, that's, Yeah, right? that's it. For it's one thing. <laughs> right? You know?
1: It's one thing to have a career year, Sean. Yes. It's another thing to hit 63 home runs. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And again, if I was Aaron Judge, I think that the Yankees will pay top dollar. Yeah. And I think you can create a market where they he probably gets the number that he wants and he should just stay in New York. Right. With that record, because guess what? I guarantee you, I don't think he's going to hit 60 home runs next year. So anything next year will be just a a disappointment. Right. And if he misses any, I mean, he's been healthy this year. If Mm -hmm. he only plays 120, 130 games, that's a problem for him on a new team too, as well. I just, uh, yeah. For the Cubs, I've kind of already moved on. I I had the fantasy. I thought it would be cool. Um, but you know what you kind of like look at the landscape a little bit our outfield situation is actually fairly solid right now. Yeah. And it's really the infield that I want to focus on and I think that's where you draw your power from is finding people in the infield.
0: Yeah.
1: Um let's get it out of the way I don't think Wilson Contreras will be back with the Cubs. Um it's a damn shame. Um I think Wilson Contreras probably is a 12 million dollar player. He obviously doesn't think he's a 12 million dollar player. The Chicago Cubs probably will not pay anything more than the 8 to 12 million that he's probably worth. And therefore, you know that's the problem, and there's the issue right there. So moving on, um, let's just go to it. Shortstops. There's a lot of them that are out there right now. Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa. I'm missing one. Forget pick me up if I forgot one. But name me, name me your shortstop of choice.
0: Well, the, so the four big ones are Turner, Correa, Bogarts, and uh, Dansby Swanson. I, I man, I was. I was going through all their years today, through their numbers. I wanted to see what, what, what ages were, how many games that they, they played this year and such not. And they're all so similar in the sense that they're all from like 28 to 30 Gonna all play next year, at like 28, 29, 30. Mm-hmm. They all pretty much. I think the one who played the least this year was Correa. I think he only played like 135 games this year because he had that wrist injury. Other than that, Trey Turner played 160. They all played this year defensively you look at the metrics they're all between like 8th and 13th right so they're all pretty even with that but like I'll I'll take it back to what I said about about Abreu if you can put a guy in my lineup in that middle of the lineup that's gonna hit 300 especially at shortstop I want it and I want Trey Turner Trey Turner this year he's 29 he 298 21 homers 100 RBIs 809 OPS 4.9 4.9 war, 121 OPS plus, and he stole 27 bases. He's like over a career 300 hitter. Give me him at shortstop every day. 160 games played, he did that and let's go. My number 2 would be Correa. I yeah.
1: would be I, I wouldn't
0: be if we didn't get Turner, he goes back to the Dodgers, which why would you want to do that and keep losing in the playoffs in the first round every year? Beats me. I'd take Correa as well. I think for me like Dansby Swanson Great defender had a good year this year. He's a career two fifty five hitter. I'm cool with yeah. that. Bogarts is the oldest of the four. Same thing, he, high average, low on base. So if he does, if he ever stops hitting the ball, for me it's Turner, Correa, and then the other two.
1: Yeah, C.B. Swanson. Good for him, right? He was a bust for a first couple of years in the league, and now he's going to earn some money, right? I mean, mm-hmm. congratulations. You'll be a Diamondback next year. You know yeah. what I mean? He's he's got the he's got the Chris Bryant ca- contract. He goes to a. Yep. He goes to some far off place that's not gonna win, and he yeah. makes his money. Good for him. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, yeah Xander Bogarts. Uh, you know the defensive metrics gave me a little kind of one way or the other. Um, it's Trey Turner for me. Yeah. Um, this guy does it all. He can. You can give him that four, five, six year contract, and I still think he will give you the approximate production and value that he's already kind of giving you now. Of course, stolen bases are gonna go down as the years go on. That's yeah. fine. Who cares? I just want him to play great defense. I want him to have some timely hitting. And I think the dude hits the ball in the screws a lot. And yeah. I think his the high average right there is a great number. I think he's a great fit in Chicago. I'm already getting these dreams of Trey Turner and Nico Horner turning double plays Turner. at second base. And I think that's the move. Um, just to throw it out there, you know, I don't hear anything about it. It's probably fate accompli. He stays with the team that he's with right now. But if you really wanted to talk about power moves, if this was the Chicago Cubs, right? Not just the Chicago Cubs, the Chicago Cubs. We spend money. We go out there. We're going to rebuild a new team on the fly. We're going to make it happen. The move, in my opinion, is Trey Turner and Nolan Arenado. Forget Rodon. Forget pitching. Just roll with the young pitching. See how it goes for a year. You can always buy more. You can always turn that over. But Arenado, Turner, Nico Horner in an infield. For at least the next two, three, four years.
0: Yeah, that's pretty filthy. I
1: I, I think that gets you really far really fast. And and honestly, I think that could possibly leapfrog you over the Brewers uh, before Uh you know it. Because Nolan Arenado, for those that don't know, he's an MVP candidate. But he's a gold glove candidate too as well. He still is very much in his prime. You can lock both of those guys up for the next four to six years. And then honestly, after that, just build around it. Yep. Build around it. If a kid works out, great. Awesome. If not, maybe sign someone you don't, you know, that's the move right there. And you build around it from there. I know they're not going to do that, Sean, but to steal Arenado from the Cardinals, pair him with a Trey Turner. I know that sounds crazy, but you know what? We should be wishful thinking, but the Chicago Cubs should be doing those types of things.
0: Well, I mean, they can 1,000,000% afford to do those types of things with. I mean, it's you. not even it's not even close they could they could sign those two guys and still sign four other guys and be completely fine if they wanted to if they if they did something like that then that would just be like hello major league baseball we're going all in for next year because you bring back your pitching staff and you added two guys like that to that lineup all of a sudden you you, you your only hole at that point is catcher because yep. you've got you've got the rest of you catcher in first base but first base if we're having a Bray, you we're you know i mean that that is a that lineup with those guys that's not just a wild card lineup that's like you should you should be right there for the division and competing in the playoffs like maybe even nlcs bound you know but yeah i, I it, they, it's not gonna were,
1: happen it's not gonna happen it's but, okay but, but I, it, I, I it's a great
0: thought I mean,
1: it's the thought that the Cubs fans and the Cubs organization should have, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, you can keep trying to piece it together. We want sustainable success year in and year out. We want the Cubs to be good every single year. You know how you do that is you have a guy like Nolan Arenado and Trey Turner, you pair them together. So before we get you out of here, Sean, um, I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to give you options. Right. Okay. so let's say at the end of the day, what package would make you most happy? Uh, Trey Turner. And Carlos Rodon, you know what I mean? Big name starter, big name free agent shortstop. Package them together for the Chicago Cubs next year. Option one. Option number two, smaller package Jose Abreu, let's say Trey Turner, and then one year end of the road starter, like a Charlie Morton type. You know, just a stopgap yeah. guy. Maybe even more of a sunny Gray, to be honest, and not spending a ton of money. Or. I don't know what option three is.
0: <laughs> option three is what?
1: A- option three is Andrew Benintendi, and uh, I don't know Xander Bogarts, and they do a bunch of stuff around the margins. I mean, they uh, option three is they don't do anything. Option and, uh... three
0: is their uh, <laughs> intelligent intelligent spending, and you know it's a bunch of yeah. prove it, blah blah blah. I I I I think I would lean towards option one because if you give me a a power arm that, that, that automatically slides into the one in my rotation. And you give me a stud at shortstop that automatically slides in at the three spot, maybe even cleanup in my lineup. That's massive. It's, it's, it's just massive. And then if you want to fill in around that with some other stuff while you continue to let your now top 10 farm system and those kids that develop, I, I'm good with that. And I think I think, you know, in our in a text chain that me and you, Dom, had a few a few weeks back, we all kind of said, Radone, Turner, two good bullpen guys, that would be a solid, successful offseason for the Chicago Cubs going into 2023 to continue building forward.
1: Yeah, and I you look, we haven't even mentioned Suzuki in this pod, and I think he's gonna have a great year next year. I really like how he bounced back. He had a couple of what the wrist, the finger, you know what I mean, a couple things this year. I don't think we've seen his full potential yet. And, just, and getting sudden, just getting activated. just getting yeah, yeah,
0: to a new league, to new everything.
1: Yeah. He's not going to be Mike Trout, but I think he's going to be a pretty damn good player. And I think he's going to be a three, four, five guy. And maybe my, my final thought on Carlos Rodon, and just keep this in mind is that just watching him from a White Sox perspective, he was so integral to them winning 90 plus games. Yeah. And it wasn't just because of the days that he was on the mound. Of course he was dominant on those days. And the White Sox always felt like they could win. And we all know from the Jake Arrieta days, there's something to that when you just know. Oh, Jake is going today. Oh, so the Cubs are going to win today. And then <laughs> let's look at the matchup tomorrow. That that says a lot, and that could help a lot for a team that's trying to rebuild. But the thing about Carlos Rodon that I loved the most about him was that, I swear to God, if you watch the games the day or two after, the opponent, the opponents, uh, the lineup, you know, the opponents' offense, they'd be kind of screwed up for a couple days. Yeah, they really would. You know what I mean? Like after they saw all those sliders go to their back, you know, the back right shoe and the, you know, on the right handers, the you know, batter's box, the bad swings that they took, you know, the angles, the way that he competes out there, you know, it kind of gave us a little bit of advantage that day or two after just the recovery from yeah. the effective wildness, the attitude, the slider of Carlos Rodon. And I think that that, you know, that is something I, I that yeah. is definitely something that you can take forward into, you know, other games you can help you win a series here or two as you move along and i think that also will help the cubs compete
0: well and imagine an opposing lineup having to go Carlos Rodon from the left with the heat and the slider and then the next day Kyle Hendricks with 90 and that wicked changeup and then you back that up with Steele or Strowman. that 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 changes eyes it changes swings it'll mess a team up for the rest of the week and you and you can't speak. You know, you can't tell me that the White Sox didn't miss Carlos Rodon this year, not with Lucas, Lucas Giolito on a milk carton all year. Like the guy is impactful. He's yeah. impactful. He would be great on the Cubs.
1: No, for the White Sox, uh, they were a 500 team all year long. And right when they needed to maybe win that game to begin a winning streak, that was usually when Carlos Rodon was on the mound. And instead, they went up and down all year long. I'm not saying that they're not directly correlated, but there's something to that, yeah. and it's something that could possibly help the Cubs next year we shall see though we're going to be covering it all off season throughout the winter about the cubs the moves that they make the cubs that they don't make please make some moves though cubs yes it's been a couple of years please we're ready we're ready. We want a party at Smoke Daddy's or whatever yes. the name of that place is. So let's make it happen. <laughs> Today's episode of Bet on Chicago is presented by Belie, uh, bet on dot, uh, BetOnline.ag. 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BELIE, BLEAV. Uh, my Cubs can see Clieri, Sean Gravesman. Uh, it's great to see you, brother. I love the knowledge. I love the passion. Uh, always great getting together with you. We'll do it again soon, and we'll start maybe taking stock of whether these predictions and some of these wants, this Christmas, this Christmas list, actually gets fulfilled as we head into the winter meetings in about. About a month or so absolutely
0: man we got about five or six weeks winter meetings and we'll be
1: we'll be watching the checks fly go cubs go wade miley stop yourself oh my god fremble reyes he's coming back folks look out all right here we go um uh, uh everyone be well be safe please be good to each other thank you for checking out this episode and we will be back soon and remember when in doubt always bet on chicago
0: do you believe